Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Uh, you got Ken and BZ, Sophie and Mike, feet for a ride. Uh, the people want to know, was the mic still on? I'm saying. Thanks for listening to a new episode of the Is the Mic Still On podcast. I am Kenneth B. Inch, one of your hosts for today. On the show, we got BZ430. What up, though? FIFO247. Good dude. Modest Media. What's up, man? Mike Seatown. What up? And returning, say it ain't so, is back. Hey guys. hey, guys. Mike, you're so low energy. Who is? Mike. I'm looking oh. at Azalea Banks' nipples. I'm sorry. I, I, I wasn't saying Oh, no wonder you're low energy. Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Ooh. Damn. Ooh. <laughs> the shade. That's fucked up. You walked into that one, though. I did. Yeah. Uh, joining us on the show, we got Luke. James, what's going on, bro? What's up? It's not the singer, by the way. I don't want dead-end listeners to be upset that it's not the singer. I've gotten emails to perform shows. I've gotten mentions from girls wanting to link up, you know? They, you might, be a little, they might be a little surprised when I show up with all these little freckles on, you know what I mean? They're going to know something's up, so it's not the singer. But thanks for having me on, man. It's about time. I've been looking forward to working with you guys, and I'm ready to get into it. Yeah, um, real quick, I like to do all this up front. People normally wait towards the end, but um, go ahead and tell people uh, what it is you do and where they can find you and all of that good stuff. I've been reviewing music for a couple years now. Hard to keep track as time goes by. I think like maybe seven or eight years. I'm doing a little bit of a Twitch stream now. That's at Luke James, not the singer on Twitch. My reviews are on YouTube. Yeah. See, I got, I got a role. <laughs> right? I can't have people, I can't have people getting too confused all the time. So that the whole, not the singer thing, by the way, it started as a joke when all these people started messaging me, yeah, mailing me. So I started using the hashtag just to make it clear that I'm not the singer. So I kind of ran with that. That's uh, funny. The reviews you can find on YouTube, Luke James reviews, Twitter and IG Luke James BGN. And yeah, that's where I'm at. That's what I'm doing right now. Cool, man. Well, again, appreciate having you on. Um, so looking forward to it. Real quick, can I give a plug? I totally forgot to do this earlier. Okay. Um, I'll, be, I'll be fast. Um, Want to let y'all know that I was on a podcast called Call Out Culture. It was two hours of me, uh, Alaska, um, Zilla Roca, and Curly Castro talking about Fun Crusher Plus. So if you want to hear us nerding out for two full hours about that album, and Def Jokes Days, make sure you go check that shit out. For those of you that may be coming across the show for the first time, the show is broken up into five parts. We have our word of the day. We do our facts only. We have weekly topics where each one of us uh, present a topic to discuss for the week. And then we start closing out the show with comic commentary and our past the mic segment. So... Let's go ahead and jump into our word of the day. It is, let me turn this up some. 
Fufara. Fufara. What? Fufara. Fufara? What kind of made up word is that? Is that uh, a Pokemon? Uh, that sounds like a Pokemon no. to me. <laughs> that name that What's Her Face used to call uh, Flavor Flav, isn't it? <laughs> Foofy Foof. Yeah, it's not made up. But ironically, the origin is uncertain. So, uh, <laughs> the uh, part of speech is a noun, and the first definition is a disturbance arising from something unimportant, and the second is fuss made over insignificant matters. So, the two examples I have here are she couldn't help rolling her eyes at the fufara that erupted at the holiday party, and the second is. Fufara is expect is to be expected when teenagers get into an argument. So that's it. So yeah, fufara. So Luke, what we try to do is we try to use this word uh, through the show at some point in one okay. of the topics or conversations or whatever. So just a little, a little game. We we've, we've been failing uh, miserably over the last couple of weeks, but uh, you know that's that's the attempt. And we also encourage the people to listen to it, use it as well. Y'all been failing. I usually use it. Yeah, I mean, if we were to keep track of oh, the points, get, get, you know, fuck he out of here. To, to, <laughs> to sneak one in. Here we're there. getting some fufara going on with the word itself right now. See, there you go. <laughs> A little bit of fufara over the fufara. You catch on quick. <laughs> All right. Um, so that's the word of the day for facts only. We don't have any this week. So, um, yep, so we're going to take that, and uh, we're going to jump into our topic. So, Sophie, what you got? So, I have two different things. Um, again, if one of y'all want to just run with one of these topics, I will not feel offended. Um, but the two things I was going to bring up was the, I guess, official cancellation of Doja Cat. Um, and then also, what I actually really wanted to talk about was these cruise ship members that apparently are still on board from the beginning of COVID-19. Mm. Y'all know that? No. No, I no. didn't. Okay. They're stuck on a cruise? So this, okay. <laughs> I was confused, right? So, and I know, I'm sorry already to our listeners, y'all get on the show like, damn COVID again, but I'm sorry. Like, it's just a new, you know, wave with, with you know, every every sector of this. But anyways, um, I saw somebody tweet something like, oh, pray for the people who are still on cruise ships. And I said, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> so I decided to do my Googles and I found an article. Uh, where is this from? This is an article from, oh, geez. See, this just sounds not credible, but I, it looks like a really credible site. It's called um, MiamiHerald.com. Um, oh, that's funny. <laughs> is, is it? Is it? Is it a fake real. site? Okay. Nah, yeah. I, think that, I think that's like they Miami newspaper, like how we got AJC here in Atlanta. Like, yeah, okay. Because like I'm like, this, yeah, this looks legit. But anyways, um, so they says, no information, no way off. 100,000 crew members remain in cruise ships in limbo for four months. So basically what happened was once they started figuring out that COVID was, you know, um, as big as it is, you know, 
a, a, glo a global pandemic size at, at this point, um, you know, they started canceling flights, especially outside of the country. And, you know, people like cruise lines have been gone down. I think they said that they're going to try to open back up like late August or something. But all of the crew members who are still on board, apparently for this particular one, they're not letting off the ship. They're not giving them any type of um, direction as to what to expect or when they'll be able to get off because I guess the cruise ships have been deemed very high risk zones for COVID. But to me, that also doesn't really make much sense because if COVID is going around and spreading as much and as fast as it is, and they're reopening states, I don't really understand the harm of letting these people come home to their families. Um, but yeah, it got crazy enough to where I guess two people who were working and employed for the cruise ship jumped ship. Wait, what? Yeah, they two people committed suicide already because they're just like so in limbo and they're, they have no type of answers. Um, so a little bit from the article... Okay, the crew members on board, many no longer receiving paychecks, wait for the news about when they will return home to see their families again. Two months after the cruise industry shut down amid the repeated COVID-19 outbreaks on the ship, more than 100,000 crew members remain trapped at sea with little, little reliable information about what will happen to them. While most passengers were able to get off ships early in April, crew members have largely remained stuck. During the prolonged isolation, the virus continued to spread throughout the cruise ships. At least 578 crew members co um, contracted the virus and seven have died. Uh, and then it says at least two crew members have leaped overboard in apparent suicides on May 10th. And um, I think they listed the other date as well. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, they touch a lot about on like the SARS pandemic that happened and, you know, the the cruise ship's reaction to how they thought things were going to be maybe like a, you know, a month or two off and then back back at you know at it again um but it's completely you know unexpected for the industry what's going on and to me I was absolutely flabbergasted when I pulled up this article it's actually super fascinating if you wanted me to just plug it into the group I can but I was actually stunned that people are still being stuck on cruise ships to the point of committing suicide because they have no updates. That's insane. I can't imagine being stuck on a cruise ship for four months. Um, I mean, they have to know something right about what's going on here. Like I would be scared of shit. Like if, if, if I don't know about, or I get very little information about what's going on in, in the U S or the world at large, like I would think they'll probably blow that shit up. They think we some kind of threat. They should be off that ship by now. They're all employees. A lot of them are being unpaid and stuff like that now, especially since nobody is utilizing those services. I just feel like if these people were, of course, richer or, you know, in, in a position to just detest and be like, no, I demand to get off this ship. I feel like they would have access to do that. I feel like they're in a position where they can't, um, just because there's so many of them maybe. Um, and also because, you know, I feel like a lot of these people, again, being workers of this cruise ship, um, I don't think they're in a position to, to demand or leverage their way out of this situation. Is it just workers though? I thought it was workers and passengers on the cruise ship that were stuck. I read employees. Um, so it's 700 employees on one ship and that's it? No, hold on. Wait, wait a second. Um, I read. Sound like slaves to me. Oh. <laughs> no, I think that part might be I think that part might be wrong. Hang on, let me check. 
I can't see how a slave uh, yeah, ship. It's just about to call a slave. <laughs> no, it was crew members. Um, I think they let off the people who were. Okay. Anyways, um, doing all of that, you know, like like um, actual. My God, what is the word? Um, tourists and things like that. Like they left them off in, in early April. That's wow. Mm-hmm. So are the entertainers still on there? Like, do they got to listen to the shitty cruise ship comedians just... <laughs> oh, my God, I would buddy. How's it going? <laughs> just telling their trash jokes the whole time. <laughs> probably. What about this COVID? That's why those guys jumped overboard right there, probably. Listening to that shit all day. Playing That's what is it? Fine. Food. Sorry, go ahead. I bet the food sucks by now, man. Because I just, they just... Of course it They probably ran out of, like, your basics. Like, they probably have no ketchup left or no freaking ranch or anything. <laughs> so... Damn, so I, I I thought it was everybody. I didn't know they let the passengers off and kept the employees. That's fucked up. I yeah. didn't either. That yeah, is insane. I didn't know that either. And they haven't given a reason why, right? Because, like, every everything that I looked up, I couldn't find anything that said exactly why. It just said that the the ports that they tried to go into were saying no. After all this time, you think they'd be good to go. I mean, it's been right. so long now. Exactly. And... It just seems, it just seems like if they're not getting treated, then you know it's either past or you know not to be funny, but people have died from this. So everyone else that I think is living, especially with the you know lightening of restrictions on land, I don't see the point on why they wouldn't be allowed back. Right, that's crazy. Have they done testing or anything like that for all these people? I haven't read that in the article, um, but I can read the rest just to see. We got plenty of tests. So many tests. Testing is everywhere. Everyone's I, been tested, well, Ken. What do you mean? <laughs> they were tested because I thought it said, I thought one of the articles said that more than 700 of them had tested positive for COVID, right? Um, I'm still reading. Hang on one second. Yeah. That's wild. They had to let me off that damn ship. It, it's all what ambiguous, they say no. honestly. What you gonna do? What you gonna do about it? How they gonna keep me on the ship, Mike? Huh? How how would they keep me on the ship? How would they? If, keep if, me if they some of these ships are at port, I thought some were at port. They're not at port because the ports are saying you can't. Oh, okay. Maybe so they're not. stuck in the middle of the ocean. God damn! <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not a good swimmer, so I'll be fucked Either. up. Yeah, I'm just glad to just die, bro. Why I'd be done. <laughs> it, it says here some companies with ships near Florida have chosen not to send crew home for the U- from the U.S. on expensive charter flights that come with a complex web of legalities. Instead, they have opted to transport them on ships or wait until Caribbean airports open. Damn. Dang, I never want to see another ship in a day, day of their life, bro. <laughs> What do you do with all that time? Like, have you guys ever been on a cruise ship? I never been on a cruise ship, so I haven't. They either. got all kinds of activities and stuff to do, or like, what do you do? They cruise do typically. Hell, yeah, they, they do. do, but like after a while, like it's not home. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I can definitely see how that shit gets old really quick. And if these are the employees, I mean, I'm sure the activities are all gone. Like, they're probably the ones who organize the activities and they were like nah we're not doing shuffleboard i don't want to do shuffleboard today. that's what i was thinking that's that's the one where you have the little stick and you got to push the puck or whatever it is it yeah. said 
the yeah. vast majority of MSC crew left at sea. Um, 95% of them live in countries where borders are still closed. Mm. So they oh, so were not border. they wanted to. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's not that they, they're keeping them against their will. It's just that they can't enter into their own home. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm sure, like, too, like, you know, people probably get seasick and shit. Like, but I think My that's, God. that's the thing, like, with, with cruising. You want to cruise that long on the ocean? Like, I'm mm-hmm. sure that'll mess up your vertigo or some shit. Or, I don't know. Yeah, I got seasick the first day I was on a cruise. Yeah. So, yeah. This is really? insane. I think what it said that? one of the workers signed um, a contract that he would do, you know, the cruise line stuff for, uh, my God. How long did it say? Mike, what deck were you on? Because I know, like, the lower you go, the more you feel the ocean. I don't remember. I was 15 when I went on my first cruise, and then I was 18 when I went on my second. My second, I was fine. But mm-hmm. on the first one, yeah, I was I was a mess. But I don't like water. I don't like being on water. I don't like being to the point where I can see the water. I don't like water. So I had fun really? while I was on my cruise. It wasn't it wasn't that bad for me. I didn't get seasick or nothing like that. So well, whoop de doo for fucking you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I was straight. You know what I'm saying? I had a, I had a good suite. You know what I'm saying? My room wasn't small. You know what I mean? Are you still here when you hear Mike? He basically said, "I ain't no bitch, Mike." You know what I'm saying? That's okay. Mm. Well, I hope they come home soon. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know it was just the crew. That's messed up. Yeah, that's yeah, horrible. Yeah. Um. Cool. Uh, hmm. She said yeah, Doja she Cat. I don't know what, what's what's up with this Doja Cat. Rod is dying to hear about Doja. Cat. I am. I, I don't. I do not know what's going on. I don't know what's going on either. I'm oh, it's, it's, what, what, what's, it's what's real bad. It's, it's bad. Okay. Could, could you help me out in explaining for two reasons? Because I got a whole you know construction park back here, but then also I was also confused trying to read up on the recent because it's it's recent. It's like last mm. week that all of this yeah. time unfolded. So she has a history already of trolling and using certain language that offends different groups and stuff like that. We all remember when she said some homophobic slurs and that made a stir. She apologized, said that's who she used to be. You know, the typical playbook when someone said or did something. Mm-hmm. But it's come out recently, and I don't have like 100% of the details, so I'm not trying to act like a reporter here. But from what I know, basically, is she's hanging out in these chat rooms and groups and message boards with alt-right guys and incels and she's shaking those buttery cheeks for them shut up <laughs> I, I, I seen pictures of her like shoving her fingers down her throat and she's just doing like all this nasty stuff i read something else about how she <laughs> apparently she took a shit on camera for these boys like i don't know how much of this is 100 percent true okay what? but I've, I've all these people that were in these message boards uh, and in these groups are coming out saying stuff so right now it's a matter of sifting through to find out what she what's actually real and what's not yes but you can see i've seen some of the pictures yeah i've seen some of these pictures where she's doing all this stuff and it's not looking good for her right now man for someone that likes to talk a lot she's been quiet the past couple of days i haven't heard too much on it so yeah so i i did read similar things too and i did also see that i guess in some type of article i think it was like a cosmo magazine last year she had spoken to a reporter and they had asked her about like how she spends her free time. And she was like, yeah, just due to personal, you know, like privacy reasons. I don't want to like let you know the name of the chat room that I get on, but I do, you know, spend a lot of time on the, like on like a specific chat room and just like online in this community. 
And, and that must be the one because she also did a sort of interrupt you, but no, I, yeah. I, I don't want to forget. Uh, she also did a song, and this is where it got real mm-hmm. fucked up to me. The song called Din Do Nothing. And if people aren't familiar with that term, that is a racist, bottom barrel, gutter, son of a bitch term that people use for you know when a story comes out and even with uh, Ahmad Aubrey right you know how people are always trying to blame him because he walked through a construction site or whatever bullshit mm-hmm. and then people will say oh see didn't do nothing like people said he didn't do nothing which is just complete nutter bullshit uh, she made a song about that which basically is poking fun at police brutality uh, I didn't listen to the song I didn't want to I think I heard like a small snippet of it um, people were saying apparently that it was addressed to Sandra Bland. Like it's it's fucked up, man. It's I did listen real to fucked it. Up. I didn't. I listened to it only because I didn't know much about Doja Cat. I'd seen her name pop up before. Mm-hmm. I didn't even. I didn't even know she was black. To be honest, I thought she was white. Really? Um, yeah. Well, it must I, be my, I, my light skin senses getting <laughs> off, man. I, I, I can tell when I see yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Well, I only thing I'd ever seen of Doja Cat was about fifteen seconds of that move video. And oh, I just yeah. turned it off. And that's literally the only thing I've ever seen as far as her appearance. So I was like, okay, it's some goofy white chick making meme rap. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'm moving on with my life. I didn't even know she was popular until like a couple of weeks ago. Man, she's crazy popular right now. She just had, I think that Say So song. It's went number, number one. one with Nicki it went number one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I listened to the Didn't, Didn't Do Nothing song. And I even read the lyrics and... I couldn't, I couldn't make a direct connection. I mean, it's not like she has bars that are, like, going over my head. I just didn't get what the fuck she was talking about. Yeah, right. Come on, man. You, you can't handle these doja bars, man. <laughs> She's a spiritual, lyrical, miracle individual. Maybe so. Maybe I'm just not, I'm not in, in, enlightened and woke enough to, to process doja cat bars. Mike, I think you would like her music, actually. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I, I feel like you would if you heard I listen to it. It's terrible. It's trash. Oh, her new album? No, I listened to a new album. I I just skipped around on YouTube from a couple songs because I, like I said, I didn't know she was popular. Oh so I yeah. Around and no, I she, don't like her music. I will say, and, and I like her music. I think that she's very um, versatile. She has an entire album where like no two really? songs sound a yeah, no two songs sound the same. Like on some she raps kind of like Nicki, some she kind of raps like Kendrick with this weird like. Mike, don't do that face. <laughs> you got a screenshot that, that shit. <laughs> no, seriously, she does have like very like charismatic like voices that she'll like channel into when she raps sometimes, and that's cool. <laughs> and then I, I I have noticed that she is one of the. I would probably say she's more talented at rapping, but if she wanted to never rap again in her life, she could also be a singer, and like it not affect her negatively at all. Because you know how like some of the rap people try to do the whole "I'm gonna sing my own hook." I don't want to pay someone else to do it. And it sounds terrible. Yeah, she she's a really good singer as well. So I, I, I definitely see the appeal. You know, she's a cute girl. And I think a lot of people like that weird quirky shit, you know, that she does. But I'm not a fan of her music, but I get the appeal. I get how she yeah. connects with people. Uh, I don't think I'm her demographic. But I always thought she was kind of funny and quirky just off little clips and videos and stuff I've seen of her. Like she has a decent sense of humor. But now that this shit came out, I'm kind of... I don't know, man. She got some other stuff going on, too. Apparently, there's a lot of other posts she made about how 
she wishes she was white because then her life would be worth living and saying stuff about black people and black features. So a lot of this has to do with figuring out um, how much of it is, is her just trolling and being an idiot. Cause we know she does that a lot of the time, but even if it is that, I mean, there could be a lot of issues that people are going to want to discuss. Like I'm not overly invested either way when this topic comes up, like I'm not yeah, either. here or against Doja Cat or whatever, but I'm just interested in this idea of a black artist thriving off black music and culture when she wants to and then on the side she's doing all this other shit and sticking fingers down her throat for outright racist and shit like that like that to me is that's that's the weird part to me wait doja's black she's me thank you Ken. You, you guys couldn't tell really yeah her dad is black and her mom is white yeah her dad's like south, he's like south african i think her dad he's he's a popular singer or something like that or an actor or something oh really yeah I thought she was just like darker skinned. I thought she was like Bahad Bahadi where she just had like that darker tan thing. I never, I mean, I never in a million years thought she was a black chick. See, I could tell because like in in my family, man, we got people that like every shade, right? So I saw her. I'm like, I can tell. But, you know, all skin folk ain't kin folk, as they say, as you can tell with this this shit that she's got going on right now. But she hasn't said anything about it. So I'm curious to see what her response is going to be. Is she going to do one of those, you know, those notes, apps, apologies? I was at a bad time in my life. And maybe that would make sense if it was a long ass time ago. But this is just like last week. Mm-hmm. And it has been ongoing over the years. So, you know, her life and her choices. But I'm not going to feel bad for her if she loses support and streams and fans because of this shit. So here's the question I have That's for, me. I guess, for Sophie. And Sophie's really the only actual fan of this person's terrible music. Um would now discounting the didn't do nothing because I like again I couldn't figure that song out. Um, so let's let's take that part off the table. But the part about her being in these chat rooms with alt right people and flirting with them, and I know that I the one I saw was something about I want to stick a tube up my ass or something. So would that make you not want to listen to her music? Her just being in these chat rooms with alt right people, honestly right now uh no right now no i i don't know i don't know i don't know whether to be bothered or not i feel like i should be bothered for sure um but i i have seen a lot of takes on this saying that like being that doja has like a quirky weird almost like apologist personality to begin with i feel like that's only going to amplify her brand with certain people who rock with her anyways um i haven't seen um like the the anti-black stuff that i guess people are saying is out there and i there's a lot of it yeah i imagine so um hang on one second why is it just now coming out probably because she didn't show those titties when she said she was going to that's what i think happened no I, i really i swear on my life i i think somebody had an in saying like i'm gonna out you about doing this you know, that's so, what I heard. Yeah. Which makes no sense because if it was somebody from the chat room, haven't you already seen that? <laughs> like, I just don't. Right. I don't think she shows her breasts in there, does she? I thought she just talks a bunch of shit and just kind of looks provocative. But didn't she specifically say, Luke, that she was definitely going to show her bare breasts if she got to like some certain level or something? A if, number if, one. Her, if her song went number one, she was going to pull them out. And then she got on IG and she's like, fooled you. Gotcha. That's all it took, huh? Bruh. There you go. 
Mm. I'm going I'm to get these numbers up on my YouTube. I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Hit that OnlyFans. I mean, she should have done. I mean, at this yeah. point, that's probably her, her, her next bet is to just go ahead. I mean, if this is going to hurt her music, but again, I don't, I don't really see it hurting her music. I mean, I, think I don't see it hurting her music either, which is people so don't crazy care really. People will talk about it for a while, but we know how the news cycle is. It goes so quick. Mm-hmm. I know she lost, um, I forget how many followers, but her social media has been dropping a lot because I think some of her fans do feel a little bit betrayed in a way. I mean, I don't want to speak for them. I'm not a hardcore fan, but just based on some of the comments I've seen, uh, especially from black women who are pretty disappointed with her, that she would uh, cater to that side of her when she wants to for her music Mm -hmm. and to gain that success. And to those fans, like the people who are lifting her up and supporting her, they feel a little bit of betrayal, I think, which I can certainly understand. Yeah. To answer your question, I, I feel like if, if Doja's um, artist personality or whatever leaned a lot on being heavily pro-black or, or anything in that regard, I would feel more slighted because I would feel more betrayed from her as an artist. But to me, she's mm-hmm. never portrayed herself like that. So that's why I feel like she's not going to lose a lot of traction. And if anything, it'll just be, oh, she's quirky. Oh, she can do what she wants. Because I think, again, I would feel more slighted if this was like, maybe like a white artist um not to say that i would be surprised by it but just in a way where it's like she uh, she's half black whether people want to admit it or not and so she can say nigga you know if she wants to or she can do certain things like i feel like it's her weaving in and out what she wants to represent and maybe she is having some type of like identity crisis i know a lot of people are saying you know hey you know her dad walked out of her life when she was young maybe she is fuck black people i don't know but to me, that's never how she was structured as an artist. So it's not like, I feel like the, you know, I feel like I'm being, you know, having the rug pulled from under me. I just feel like, sure, this is another weird thing that's probably, you know, racist. But the way that it came out, it's from so many different places, I guess. And there's so many receipts and threads and nothing really makes sense in real time. So until I see something that like documents the reasoning or the timeline I think behind it that's when I could understand it getting more traction her losing more followers but right now at the moment it's still so fresh I'm not super sure um but I think I'm just gonna have to wait and see does she say nigga yeah oh yeah she does she has a song that says niggas ain't shit right is that yeah and everybody it hasn't come out yet they said she really meant that didn't she (laughs) what are you about to say Rod? I was going to ask Sophie, would it affect you if it was like a Meg Thee Stallion or Beyonce? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's because (sighs) Megan, again, to me, has never really given me anything like pro-Black yet at the moment. Um, I think she, you know, she speaks to herself and being confident and stuff. Um, But to me, Megan does speak a lot about equality and stuff and, you know, she's not really problematic at all. Like, I feel like that is one of her qualities as an artist or, or her image, I should, I should say anyways, of what she puts out there. And then of course, you know, Beyonce has had many errors and growth as an artist over, you know, decades. And one of her decades, to be honest, was very, you know, pro-Black. And the more that she leans into her music, the more uh, philanthropic I think she gets. So seeing somebody like that, it would be kind of like having the uh, carpet removed from underneath me. But with Doja, I don't, I don't know enough about, her yet and she's such a new artist so I don't really know the foundations that she stands on but I mean if this is it 
it just is what it is. She might end up, in, you know, in Azalea Banks where people just try to listen to the music and just wipe themselves clean of, you know, anything else. That they like all those with. chickens in the closet that she murdered. Wasn't that her that did that? Is yeah, that, that was her. That was her good chicken she killed That witch doctor closet <laughs> going on. That was so, her, her, her one her one drawback. Y'all just won't let it <laughs> Mike's like, it's okay. She can do that. It's all right. I can deal with the rest. Everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> and, yeah. So if if Dolce is black, is this racist? How is this racist? It's not about it being racist, is it? That that's what people are saying. Like yeah, yeah, that's that's calling her tweets saying. racist. Huh? I think it's about uh obviously not her saying nigga being racist. I don't think they're saying that, but just the ideas and the stuff that's circulating within that group, uh, hanging out with those types of people. Like when you look at, let's say, like I guess Candace it Owens or something like that. Like, do people consider her racist? Who? Like Candace Owens or like far right, uh, like black no, people they, who are far right and shit like that. So I guess they're just, from this perspective, I guess they're just thinking that Doja is a coon. I can see that. I can see a- that more than oh, you're racist, because to yeah. be honest, the girl is black, so it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Ken, though. The tweets I saw were them saying she's racist, and that's why I looked it up, because I thought she was white. And I was like, oh, this white rapper chick is racist, and I saw that she was black, and I was super confused about the entire situation. Yeah, they're misspeaking. Yeah, it's not racist. It's just she's cooning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, what, uh, what, uh, what's the girls want to be white uh, from... Clueless, what's her name? Stacey Dash. Oh, same type of stuff. Well, yeah, but she's she's half white, so can she identify with her white side more than her black side? That is a very good point. And that's what people are saying too. Is they're saying uh, her father wasn't there. Uh, she grew up mostly around pe- uh, white people and all that. And it's different for everyone, right? Like I'm mixed. I grew up mostly around white people here in Nova Scotia. Like all through my years of school, I might have had black classmates like maybe like 30 to 40 people right like not much at all but still like I didn't come out of that feeling like I would say and do some of the things that she's doing but she's an individual right and that's where you come into this conversation and things get complicated because you can't paint everyone with the same brush just based on uh, race or their social background or whatever else you want to get into so I think that for me that's what I find interesting about it like I'm not into all the cancel culture and all that I'm not invested in her music or her as a person but I think it does bring up some interesting discussions about uh, race and people's beliefs and who they interact with and hang out with. Cause that's just what was weird to me. It, like hanging out in some of those chat groups and shit like that, where people are dropping N bombs on you and saying racist shit to you. And you're just yucking it up and hee haw. And like that to me is that's fucked up to me personally. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Yeah. It, it didn't hurt. She didn't do nothing, nothing about it. Didn't do nothing. <laughs> she didn't do nothing. That's crazy, bro. Oh, yeah. man. The story just kind of seemed all over the place. So it really, it really is. To see something that's more linear in terms of things, mm-hmm. you know, making sense and having like a start and finish point. Because once I realized that she was literally sitting in an, in an outfit that she was wearing last week on live, I was like, oh, so you were just talking to these people, just chatting it up last week. Interesting. You know, like normally things that are problematic will be, might be like five, six, 10 years ago, but for it to be last week and for her to be this quiet, a statement is coming. I know. Hey, I know. Maybe, maybe that's how she'd like to get down. 
Whatever. Maybe she maybe she right. likes to be called, you know, nigga when she having sex. And that's a what nigger. I was gonna say too, Ken. Maybe like, she kinky like that. Yeah, I was gonna say that too, Ken. Like some people just into some weird shit. You know what I mean? Like they they like to be degraded. You know what I'm saying? And you know it doesn't mean that, that they have those beliefs or whatever, or, or want someone to say that to someone else. But for whatever reason, they like it to be said to them. Like call me this, call me that. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, a good point. Just, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Luke. I was just going to say that's a good point because you see those videos. As, it's like an episode of Hollywood Squares, man. She's right in the middle with the cheeks hanging out, and then there's all these guys like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nigger cat. <laughs> there you go, right? <laughs> <laughs> there used to be a porn star back in the day. Um, Spring Thomas was um, her name. I don't know if anybody remembers her. This is old e- shit. I may have heard of her. <laughs> oh, okay. So she was, she was this white chick who would always get fucked by black dudes. And the whole appeal was she would be like, fuck me with your black cock, nigger. Fuck, you, nigger. <laughs> fuck me so, oh, you fuck me so hard with your big black nigger dick. And the black dudes uh, were like, yeah, yeah, take this shit. And it was really, really weird. Yeah, it's like a whole genre, man. Is there a genre of that? That's like a whole thing that people oh, are wow. into. Yeah. Wow. So maybe that's that's a good point. That could just be her kink and her private thing on the side that she does, and mm-hmm. she likes yeah, it. No, obviously, she, obviously, she doesn't feel bothered by it if she keeps doing it, you know. So, right. might just not be any of our business type of thing, you know. She might, if she was growing up around a certain type of white person for her entire life, and she didn't have any kind of positive black role models or black friends, she might have just gotten to a point where she was like that kind of behavior was just normalized. Mm-hmm. Like I told y'all before, when I first moved to Conyers, nigger was not like a crazy word for me to hear. I would just hear it and it would be from people that weren't even saying it aggressively or weren't even saying it to attack. It was just, oh yeah, there's this nigger over here by the by the store. And oh, go ask the nigger where the ketchup is. You know? That is insane. That, but that's that's how things are in certain places. So I don't know where she's from, but maybe when she was growing up, that's just what she heard. And now she's gotten older and she's just like, I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. It's fucked up to us, of course, but in her brain, maybe she gets some kind of, I don't know, some kind of sense of normalcy or pleasure out of that. But maybe she needs some fucking serious therapy. Maybe, right. I, what's that chick's name? Ayana, Aizana, Van Zant, whatever the fuck that chick is. Ayana. <laughs> that fixes people's life. Maybe the one that had, that had DMX crying. You exactly. Remember if you could make DMX cry, you could solve anybody's fucking problem. Go crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. I'm crying. I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> you gotta be crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! It just seems like super risky, like especially because you're on camera. You know what I mean? Like to do something like this, you know, while you know at, at this level of your career, mm-hmm. it just seems. It's dangerous like why like why would you do that so that so that kind of says like to me like it's just something that she's just into like that she can't really control that's a good point too because oh sorry i said that's a good point too because she she must know this is going to come out eventually right. like right. it's hard to keep a secret these days everything always comes up we know how it is right and you're clearly on camera because i just looked up i'm like you're clearly like like knowing you're being recorded you know what i'm saying mm-hmm this can get out at any point. So, yeah, it might be just mm. some weird thing that she's into that she can't control. Yeah, it's crazy. What you got, FIFO? 
And um, so I saw this story, and I was like, I haven't, I haven't heard it anywhere else except for ESPN. But it was really sad. Um, so I was just like, man, like somebody, somebody else got to talk about it too. But um, basically, hold on, let me pull it up real quick. It was um, I don't, I know y'all probably don't watch wrestling like that, but um, dude's name is Todd Gaspard. He's a WWE wrestling star. And basically, um, he was found in Venice Beach. Um, He took his son out to go swimming, and they both got caught in a riptide. And when the Coast Guard came to come save him, he was like, just take my son, take my son. Then they found him, like, I want to say, like, a day or so later, just dead. You know what I'm saying? Because the riptide got him. Yeah, but it was sad. He's a black dude, bro. Like, you know, I don't follow WWE. I don't follow wrestling like that. But, you know, I definitely think that that was heroic, you know, just, you know, doing everything he could to, to save his son and everything. But I just thought it was really, just really sad, man. Just really sad. And, and nobody's really talking about it. I came up watching wrestling. I still do. Uh, he was part of a group called Crime Time with another black wrestler, JTG. And they kind of played these stereotypical characters. You know, in wrestling, what it's like. If you're Asian, you're going to be a samurai. If you're a black guy, they're going to, you know, they always do that in wrestling. So, when they came out, people had some issues with that, but they leaned into it, man. They had fun with it. They were just playing gangsters. That was their sort of thing. They'd, they'd rob people and do different things like that. If you look up some of their clips, they were hilarious. Like, they did a lot of good things. Uh, he's also known as the Brooklyn Beast. Um, they were just – they were great wrestlers, man. I liked watching them a lot. When I heard this story, it hit me, too. Like, just as a father, I couldn't imagine. And coming back to what Mike said, like, earlier when we were talking about being out in the water and stuff – I can't imagine being out in water like that and you're getting ripped under and you, you got to make that decision. I mean, obviously it's an easy decision to make as a father, like save my child, but just to be there going through that, I can't imagine, man. Cause I don't like water at all. Like I, I say to my wife, I don't do water. I want my kids to learn how to swim, like in a safe environment and all that. Maybe if it's a lake, something like that, but being out on an ocean, anything can happen, man. It's so dangerous. Like I know people who have been caught in undertoes and riptides and shit like that. And luckily they made it out. But here in Nova Scotia, we had a similar incident with a, a firefighter who took his son out to swim. Same thing. They got sucked under and his son managed to get out and he didn't make it. So just a sad story all around, man. Yeah. And, and you, I tell my wife all the time, like, I prefer a pool over the ocean, like any day, especially to swim mm-hmm. uh, because of stuff like this. And this this not no small dude. So if a rip tie and I've never experienced anything like that, but if a rip tie can pull this guy under and he knows how to swim. That yo, like you, you're not gonna make it out. I think he's got to be like six, seven, six, eight, like up three hundred. Like he is huge. Jeez. If you've seen a picture of him, he is a big guy, man. Big guy. His tag team partner obviously is taking it really rough, JTG, because they came up together. And I think Crime Time, that was probably like fifteen, like ten, fifteen years ago. I think when they were popular in the WWE. Then they went on and they've done the independent circuit. Uh, you know, a lot of wrestlers, I believe, they're independent contractors, so they can go around and get paid in different places and whatever so, so they were still very active so it's really hard for him I mean that's been his brother like for wrestlers especially in a tag team that long it's basically family and wrestling in general is a brotherhood so um, you know it has been nice to see various wrestlers reach out there was a GoFundMe and a bunch of people uh, helped his family allowed, uh, helped his family out a lot in that way uh, there's a $40,000 donation from CTC and we think that was John Cena because John Cena actually was in a stable with them at one point and they were called 
crime time seen a connection or something like that. That was years mm-hmm. ago, but uh, it has been nice to see the wrestling community sort of put their arms around the family and help out. Yeah, that's dope. Um, what you got, Rod? Man, I wanted to bring up what I had text y'all the other day with Biden, man. <laughs> 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 like, I've, I've been seeing like some mixed, like, depending on where you are, people, it's, it's like mixed comments on it about him. Like, you know what I'm saying? If you don't vote for me, you ain't black, basically. And I don't know. I just wanted to kind of, I know, I know, Ken, you responded to my text and Mike, you responded to my text. So I just, just wanted to see where everybody stands with that about like what Biden said. You know, Thanks so the- much. That's really our time. I apologize. You can't do that to black media. You I got to do that to white media and black media because my wife has to go on at six o'clock. Okay. Oh, uh oh, I'm in trouble. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. Cause I a, will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something for my community. I don't know why, they, why these candidates keep going on the Breakfast Club, man. That's how Hillary, Hillary got herself messed up, talking about the hot sauce in the bag thing. And now you got Biden. <laughs> now you got Biden coming over here talking about if you don't vote me, you ain't black. Perfect example of someone getting a little too comfortable. Yeah, that's what I saw. You get a little too comfortable, man. Right. You know, like you know, you have a white friend, and you're all joking about something like that, and they say something. And sometimes you got to say, okay, you got you got to reel that in a little bit, there, man. Yeah, we had someone else um, on here from um, from. From Canada, actually, it was a uh, it was a patron or whatever, and he said so. He was saying that you know the politics here affects you guys too. Is that is that being is that is that kind of true? Is, is it is it you know people saying the same things over there about like same kind of conversations happening? You're definitely seeing some of the same political ideas uh, in regards to race and social issues and immigrants, uh, like with the conservatives here. Not mm-hmm. all, just to be clear, because you know what it's like when you talk about politics, people come for your neck. Uh, but you're definitely seeing some of those same ideas that push back against immigrants and, you know, those racial dog whistles mm-hmm. to see a lot of that as well. But we've had our fair share of controversy in Canada, too. I'm sure you guys saw our prime minister rocking that black face back in high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trudeau, many, many years ago. Um, but, yeah, we have a lot of the same discussions here. It's not quite on that level. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, we certainly deal with the same things like politics. Maybe it's because I'm older and I pay more attention, but it just seems so different now. Like, people aren't even talking about issues a lot of the time. It's just some bullshit, man. Some foofara. Yeah. <laughs> your game up, Mike. I, I know. I haven't used it once. Uh-huh. So, yeah, how, like, FIFO B, like, how, how did y'all, does it, does it affect you either way or the other for what he said? I agree with Luke, bro. Like, it, when I saw it, it was like, yeah, man, you're, you're just too fucking comfortable, dog. Like, like you just can't be out here just just saying that type of shit. Like like it's just it's weird. It's uncomfortable. Is I don't know, man. I I don't know what the hell Biden thinking, bro. Yeah, I mean it's it's like why would you go on a platform like that and say what you say? Just just like echoing everybody else say. I think he's too comfortable because 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 of, of his track record that he's done throughout his career. He feels like he's in the place or he's in the right spot to say something like that. Um, rather if he was joking or being serious, I mean, that's just the fact that he even had had the balls to say that, you know, I'm just like, damn, Biden. But I mean, I didn't 
feel no type of way because it's not like I'm I'm like I'm like a, a huge supporter of Biden and it, and it just like disappointed me or anything like that. I was just like, dude, why would you say that and think that's cool to 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 say that? And it's just like here here you go again, Pete folks is pondering for that, you know, for that for that black vote again and, and, and watch black folks, you know, fall for it or whatever. So I mean, you know, we'll see. We we'll see how this goes. Here's the crazy part, because I think it's working in certain communities. Because like really? I said, like I've, I've seen people with your take, with you guys take, and uh-huh. my take, or whatever. But uh-huh. I've also seen people like, well, he, he right. What you talking about? Da, 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 da. I've seen it on Facebook a lot. But it's like, well, I'm not mad. I don't care. Like, I mean, he's right. But but them folk, them folk is ignorant, man. And, and, and just weaponizing and just trying... Because here's the thing. At the end of the day, they're going to speak very highly and trying to include us and some of the decisions and things that they want to do. But once they get the vote, that's where it stops. Mm-hmm. And, and it's typically like that. So it's kind of like, to me, it, like you can't say that because realistically, what are you going to do for us? Nobody has done anything primarily for the black community when they get into office. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's, it's kind of like, if, if, if you're going to say that, and if you do get elected, what are you going to do? Which is going to be nothing. What has Biden done so far? I mean, I was about to ask that next. About, people talk about his track record. Right. He was a fucking dick. He's been a dick. And people always try to associate him with Obama and be like, oh, well, he's down. But look what he did before that. He had just as many fucked up racist policies as anybody else. Mm-hmm. So and he's a creep. I, I'm not. Oh, yeah, exactly. And he's a fucking creep. You know what bothered me more than that comment? I mean, I'm in Canada anyway. Like, it's your guys' politics. But what bothered me more was that shit where he's talking about his legs. You ever see that? Oh, my God. (laughs) He's rubbing on his legs in the pool. (laughs) 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 He's like, he said, the kids, they they come over and (laughs) they rub my legs and the hair goes down against my legs and all the kids line up. Like, who the hell is letting their kids line up? Michael rub, Jackson. To rub Stop it! Stop. They line up. Not funny. They, they they pay ten cents to rub my hairy legs. And they they lay it all down flat, <laughs> like it's raining. My dark oh. hair against my legs. I've never well, I seen that clip. No, you never I've seen that. Seen that. No. Oh man! It's Somebody okay. put someone put the Oblivion music under it. I don't know if you guys ever played the video game Oblivion. It's one of the Elder Scrolls games. And there's this whole meme culture where they take the Oblivion music and they put it underneath because the music is right whimsical and just funny sounding. And they put it under that clip. I was dying, man. I was crying laughing. That's the one you want to look up if you can find it with the Oblivion theme in the background. There, there's a whole clip. I posted it a long time ago because whenever Biden speaks, I always thought he sounded like Charles Manson. But <laughs> there's, a, there's a clip that kind of cuts together a lot of his weird, creepy comments. Mm-hmm. And y'all should definitely watch him. Because, I mean, you would think they might be taken out of context, but they're really not. A lot of the shit that he says is super creepy. But his, I think with this interview, he's talking to Charlemagne, and I think he just got super comfortable, and he thought he could get away with that. That's probably some shit that he says around Obama, and Obama don't check him. But I bet you Obama called his ass. <laughs> you know, Joe, 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 you fucked <laughs> up, Joe. Joe, can't say that shit outside, Joe. You can say it in the house. Michelle don't mind. <laughs> but you can't say that shit in public, Joe. I think the Obamas check him. If, if, if 
Obama ain't checking him. Michelle definitely gonna check his ass. Michelle probably just leave the room. She's like, I don't even want to deal with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a lot of weird interviews, though, man. I saw one where he's talking Biden, and he, he starts talking like this, and then uh, the stuff. Oh, never mind. You see those ones where he just yeah. he starts trailing off, and he, he can't even complete a sentence. A lot of people were saying that he has early onset dementia because when he starts talking and he gets a little bit excited it seems like he forgets everything that he was he was gonna say and there's also Mm -hmm. that one clip where he's talking to that it was a portly gentleman and i forget what the guy was 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 challenging joe on but i can't remember if joe actually said fat fat guy or fat boy he said something where it was very (laughs) obvious that he was making a crack about the dude's weight and you could tell when he said it that that's what he was thinking, but he didn't mean for it to come out, but it just did. Like, I, I, I really hate that this is who, this is who we have because we're definitely in for another four. Man, of, you got it bad. Four. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a wrap. It's we're a up here wrap. looking down. We're looking down, and you guys got it bad, man. Outside of dementia, Mike, I think it's just – he's just old. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot, I think a lot of that comes with just being old. Like, he ain't that man. old, Rod. Who? He is old. How old is he? He's not even 70, is he? I think he's I like 77. Oh, he no, he's be. not. Bro, he gotta be. Let me look old. it up. Let me look it up. Let me look he's it like, up. He's old, bro. Yeah, he's 77, bro. What? Yeah. Joe Biden don't give a fuck. <laughs> Yo, Ken, exactly, Ken. That's what I'm going to be my point. Like, you know, when you get to a certain, in those 70s, you definitely start just saying whatever. Hell yeah! I didn't know he was that old. I thought he was like in his early 60s at the most. Really? He looks old to me. He does look old, but you know, think about it. Go ahead and say it, bro. (laughs) He wasn't as old eight years ago, like when you know, saying, but now he's old. Yeah, seventy-seven is a bit too old for you to be up there trying to debate somebody. How old is Trump? Trump is in his his seventy-three. I think. Seventy three. Not old either. Wow. Bernie up there too. Was he in the seventies? Mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders. Oh, yeah, Bernie, Bernie Sanders is like ninety two. <laughs> ninety two. Right. Man. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, either way, I am curious to see how this is going to affect his black vote. It but won't. I, I, it won't. I, I don't think it will, man. It won't. I mean, I, look, I don't care either way. I know. At the end of the day, I would still rather have Biden than Trump. Right. So if it comes down to literally the lesser of two extreme evils, because they're both complete pieces of shit, fucking racists and rapists, I don't want to deal with either one of them. But if I had to choose, I would choose Biden. That was the the interesting thing that I was seeing because before Rod sent it, I I was looking at it on Twitter and I I just started laughing because because <laughs> I was like because this this is this is the type of leeway that you kind of give people like you're giving them get, you're kind of creating this perception that Democrats are aligned with the black votes. And for the most part, it has been. And I think that for me, therein lies the problem is that, you know, they only come around every four years when they need something and then there's nothing given in return. And I understand that for the last couple of years, people were like, Oh yeah, what are you going to do for us? What are you going to do for us? Blah, 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 blah. And we haven't seen anything come out of it. Even when we went, when black people primarily vote for them. So what happens if we remove that vote 
and then sell it to quote unquote the highest bidder or sell quote unquote it to the highest bidder. And I think that, you know, overall you have to figure out a way to empower the, the, the power of the vote and use it as a form of, of currency, if you ask me. But with Biden looking at the response that people are having to it, it was, it was like people were like, I mean, you know, excusing it and saying that, you know, he's right. I think Rob mentioned that. And there were a couple of people that were upset at what he was saying. But at the end of the day, you're still going to vote for the motherfucker. So why the hell are you mad now? Who did, I didn't see anybody saying he was right. Yeah. I saw it on Twitter. I believe y'all. I just did, I didn't see that. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying he's right. But, right. <laughs> I was waiting for that but. I'm not I was waiting right, for that but. But he's kind of right. <laughs> no, I'm not. I would never challenge someone's blackness because I don't think blackness is tied to politics. And I think that's silly. Um, you're black regardless of who you're voting for. Um, I get what he was trying to say. That's just not for him to say. And I really wish Charlemagne would have been like, yeah, you can't do that. I know it was the end of the interview and they were trying to wrap up. But I think it would have behooved Charlemagne to be like, yo, man, nah, that's, that's not cool. I could have said that, but how about you just stick to your political talking points? We're not that. And plus, you're on a, a, a public platform. Maybe if it was just them two in the room and he cracked that joke, we can let it roll. But you're saying this to all of these other people. And that's not wise. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not tripping over it because I'm used to Joe Biden saying fucked up shit. I also already thought that he was kind of one of those pseudo racists and I don't like him anyway. So this yeah. ain't shit to me. So, yeah, I, like I said in the chat, I, I do think it's disrespectful, Fair. but, um, because I, you, and it's something he doesn't have to say he's cause he's one way or the other going to get most of the black folk any damn way. Right. And to, to make that comment, you're kind of, you know, basically taking the, the principles of the black vote and, and turning it into something that's really, really shallow, you know, and, and that was kind of that, the, the issue, you know, if I had to be a little bit serious about what happened um, is, is what I saw. And I think that's a larger discussion that has to take place. But one of the things that I saw, and I saw a Don um, tweet uh, this, it was about what Jamel Hill said. And she said, that, oh, it was clearly a joke that didn't land. So that is some of the things that I'm seeing. That's the other thing that I'm seeing people are saying that, oh, he was just trying to make a joke. It just wasn't funny. So that's the excuse that some people are trying to to use as a means to justify what he said. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about that? Well, that's true. That's what happened. Exactly. He was too comfortable, right. and he tried a joke, and... Some people aren't going to like it. It is what it is. Right. But you know what's you know what's funny to me though is, and I know this is going back old school, but all y'all that be laughing at them fucking Bill Burr jokes and them all the motherfucking white comics that be making these pseudo racist ass jokes, but Joe Biden get up here and try his little hand at comedy, and y'all want to get mad. I want to see that same energy. You don't think that's two different things? Like I do. A, I'm on a bit of love. Okay, I, I, I was going. I'm sitting here watching. I'm like, <laughs> but but the thing is, that, <laughs> but the thing is that they are keeping the same energy. No, they're not. 
No, there's a not. lot of people that don't that 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 just like, oh man, it's, you know, it ain't it ain't nothing. Well, just for clarification, since since Luke is new around <laughs> here, they get really pissed off when I criticize white comics who make racist jokes. Okay. They get really upset about it. So I'm hoping to kind of stoke that fire a little bit. Are you talking about the listeners? Yeah, not y'all. Oh, yeah, yeah, the little whiny baby listeners. Like, don't let them tell their racist jokes. Why do you care, nigger? <laughs> Is that the Doja Cat chat? <laughs> yeah, the the unfortunate thing for Biden is that he's not a comedian. So, right, and that's why I was saying it was funny before is that those kind of things only seem to be acceptable if you are a comedian. But if you're Context. anything else, then people get pissed off if if you make those kinds of jokes. So here's the other thing, like. That feels like, and I think maybe one of you guys have said it before, but it really feels like something that, I mean, white people say slick shit like that all the time when they get real comfortable with people. Oh. With black people, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think maybe you said it, Mike. He got real comfortable with Charlemagne, even though, from what, I, I haven't listened to the interview fully, but the adjective that people are saying that it was a fiery interview, so it was real contentious, but if that was the case, I'm, and maybe he was just trying to get out of there. I don't know. It was just, it was funny, man. It's just. You know like, what else it might be, though, too? Is I wonder if, not saying that Joe Biden sits around watching brilliant idiots, but mm. the second I saw Biden say that dumb shit, the first person I thought of was uh, his. Andrew goofy, Schultz. Yeah, Andrew Schultz. Schultz. That sounds like some stupid shit that Schultz would say. You are and if he said right. it, then everybody would be like, oh, man, Schultz, you crazy, boy. Oh, you crazy. So maybe Joe Biden, either him or maybe his handlers, maybe someone was like, who's the Charlemagne guy? Let's go look him up. And they watch a little Breakfast Club. They see a little brilliant idiots. And maybe Joe thought that that was the type of humor he could get away with. You are absolute man. Yep, you are absolute. Because that is some shit that he would say. I bet Schultz was cracking up when he said that shit. And (laughs) probably will defend it, too. But again, Schultz is a comedian. But once, but again, that's two black and white people that two black and white people to have that relationship, and and Charlemagne, I mean, I say allow, but um, but that's their relationship. But he says that type of stuff when they're talking, and that's the type of relationship they have. So it went outside that the confines of that, and Joe Biden said it. And we are another but, example when I tell y'all about how you give the nigger pass to your white friends and let the white people say nigger around y'all. This one of them examples of when they take that shit and they run with it. This was Joe Biden's nigger pass. They, yes, Joe <laughs> Biden had a nigger pass from somebody. It could have been Obama. I don't know. Somebody gave that motherfucker a nigger pass. And he went outside. I don't know. It might have been one of them kids. It might have been Sasha, Melania. One of them gave him a nigger pass. And he went on the breakfast club thinking his nigger pass was visible. <laughs> And clearly it must have been because Charlemagne really didn't even sound like it was shocking. He just he kept moving. Yeah, because Charlemagne was like, yeah, I just want something for my people. I just want something for my community. <laughs> like, bro. <laughs> yeah. Luke, did you say they have shirts for this already? Yes. Yeah, but I'm not sure which camp it's coming from. I don't know if it's coming from <laughs> Biden as a joke because I kind of think, think it might be coming from Trump. Oh, it I'm not was. Sure. So I saw a retweet. Wait, did Sophie re- no. Um, what's her name? Tyler mm-hmm. retweeted that. It says, You ain't black. Yep. Joe Biden. 
And it's real. And he got a black person wearing it. Who oh, wait, stop. Dead Where ass. Is <laughs> it's oh, on his site. Man. Wait, is that is that Michelle? It looked like no. Michelle. Oh, it looked like Michelle <laughs> if Joe Biden went and got Michelle to wear that shirt, he's winning hands down. Is that gonna help or hurt Biden? I don't even I don't even know how to process that right now. Me either. That's crazy. Crazy. But if Trump if Trump put this on his side, he should have had Candace Owen wearing it. Who's gonna wear this shirt though? Right. Candace, Candace Owens. Candace Owens. <laughs> yeah. Candace look, Owens. All of mm-hmm. his little white followers, they'll wear that shirt and they'll think it's hilarious. Yeah. They don't like Candace Owens anymore. Who? Who don't uh, like Candace conservative Owens? media? Really? Donald Trump isn't conservative media. Donald Trump will take Candace Owens' support. This is true. Yeah. Kanye West will wear that shirt. Because yep. Trump's camp, they're getting rid of all the, the, the Negroes. They got rid of uh, shucking the job and what? Silk and diamond? Diamond and silk? All oh, those two. Oh, yeah. They got rid of their ass. Candace Owens, they got her out the paint for right now. They really? still got that, that one with a really light voice. The guy that, what's his name? Terrence something? Uh, know what I'm talking about? He's real popular on, on Twitter. Is he the one that always is wearing the mega hat? Mm-hmm. He's always making the little videos. Cro- yep. Is it Crawford? I, I don't know. Something like that. That's him, though. I, I know the guy you mean. They got rid of him. Terrence Williams. No, is he's he still around. He'll wear that shirt in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. He definitely will wear it. I yeah, just this him? I can't see. All I see is Beast's forehead. It's not It's not going to the other. Oh. Uh, oh, there we go. Okay. There we go. Now, that's is that him? him? Yep. That's okay. Him. Yep. I just really hope white people don't start wearing this shirt. I hope they do. I want to see it. I, 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 I want to see it. I do not want to see that. I, I don't do. know how you guys do it down there. I think about that all the time. Like, I can't imagine just living a normal life and having to see those dumbass hats all the time and shirts like that. Like, do you guys see that Curb Your Enthusiasm episode about it? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, you got to see I don't watch that, that show. Man. Oh, man. They made yeah. an episode on the mega hat. The mega it's hat, hilarious because yeah. Larry David, whenever he doesn't want to hang out with somebody, but if they're a nice person, he'll put the mega hat <laughs> on. Don't. He shows up to lunch in the mega hat. He's like, hey, what's going hey, on? They're like, he said, oh, hey, Lou, awesome. he said it's the perfect people repeller. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the little people. This biker tries to on, they go away. This biker tries to take him off the road, and then he reaches down in his seat and he puts on the mega hat, and then the biker's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, man. You have a good day. You take care." <laughs> so he, he puts it on depending on the situation to yep. get out of different yep. things. Man, if you don't want nobody sitting next to him at a restaurant, he'd pop that sucker on. <laughs> <laughs> man, that's so, so great, man. So I'm 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 semi joking. I I don't want to see somebody wear because I'm I'm with Rod, but I want it. But I am curious to see if anybody would have the gall to actually wear it. Like, who would be brave enough to wear that shirt? White people. A white person. White people. Look, white people know exactly what that MAGA shit means to us. And they walk around flaunting it. Because the thing about it is, it doesn't even matter. Look, I'm cool with seeing white people wear it because I like to know where people stand. So if you come up walking that, wearing that shirt, cool. I just need to stay as far the fuck away from you as possible. Yep. I don't like the hidden racist. I'd rather you walk out in a fucking sheet. Like, all right, cool. I know where you are. Bet. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get mad about it. I've seen enough rebel flags. I've seen enough of those. Remember the old school, the original Boys in the Hood shirts with the clan members on them? Mm-hmm. I've seen those in person. Mm-hmm. I'm good with y'all wearing your little you ain't black shirts. Do your thing, bro. But if That'd you get your ass, well, don't lie shit. about it. 
If you get your ass whooped wearing that shirt, don't come out talking about <laughs> didn't do nothing. You got your ass whooped for a reason. <laughs> oh, man. Did you guys hear that story about the shooting we had? Like the first mass shooting we had here? What? Yeah. Yeah. You guys didn't no. see that? No. It's so crazy. Like, I mean, we're just in Nova Scotia, so people don't – our stories probably don't go worldwide. And you guys probably don't get as much Canadian news as we get. It's like a month ago – Um it was fucking bad, man. Like, one of my friends I grew up with, his wife was killed by this guy. What this guy was doing is he had all these police cars that, you know, how some people for a hobby, they're not cops, but they, like, collect memorabilia and all this shit, which should have been illegal in the first damn place. But he had these cars, uh, and somehow he got a uniform on one. He was at a party out in Portapique. This is, like, way in the country. Had gotten a fight with his girlfriend, took her handcuffed her at his house, went back to his party and shot it up like 13 people, lit it on fire, went, ar- went around the neighborhood, lighting houses on fire, killing people. Uh, he killed killed my cousin, actually, and her husband. Thank God the kids got out of there. They ran next door uh, oh and God. hid in the basement. Damn. And uh, the cops here are under a lot of heat right now, man, because they fucked up because he did this shit all overnight. And then the next morning, he was driving as a cop, pulling people over. And killing them. I'm surprised this wasn't world news. This shit was fucking nuts. He killed, I think it was like... This is crazy. It was like 22, 23 people uh, he killed by the end of it. My friend's wife, she was just driving to work in the morning. She's a nurse that goes like home to home. VPN, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cop. He was just on the phone with her. He's like, yeah, something happened last night. We didn't have all the details yet. They didn't know he was in the cop car at the the time. Um, He said, you know, just be aware as you're driving to work. Get to where you're going and come home. And five minutes later... She was gone. Oh so, so I'm I'm weird because uh, I I listen to um I listen to a podcast, uh, Front Burner that covers Canadian news oh, and really? politics. So that's how um I heard about it because they um covered it back in April, and uh, I think I listened to like two that uh covers Canadian. No, one does uh Europe, but yeah, the one I listened to uh C CBC or CDC is part yeah. of that network. And they uh they discussed it. So yeah, I heard about that. So what's it, crazy is I heard that story. So I follow this black YouTuber that's like a pro gun person, and mm-hmm. he was talking about how like this incident was gonna even more so get more restrictive on gun laws in Canada and everything. But he didn't go into all of that detail. Basically, all he said was like this one dude shot up a couple of spots or a spot or two or whatever, and that was it. But I didn't, I didn't. He didn't go into detail how you did, Luke. Like I didn't know. Uh, like it was, it was insane, man. Like he did all this shit overnight, and then he parked his car and slept somewhere. Woke up the next morning, and he kept going. He went to apparently had a list of people who he wanted to get, so he drove. It was within the span of uh, within like an hour of each other. All these places he was going to houses, knocking on doors. One of my mom's friends was on that list and the cop car pulled up in their driveway and she says to her husband, she's like, who the fuck? They knew him. They knew the guy. They're like, that's Glenn or whatever his name was. Why is he dressed as a cop? And he was coming with a fucking gun. So they, he went and grabbed his gun. She hid in the tub, knocked on the door. Thankfully he didn't kick it in or go in. I don't know why he didn't, but they're lucky. So it's just the past month or so has been so hard for Nova Scotia. We had that happen. We had a helicopter crash where a bunch of military people died. Just the other day, there's a plane crash where more military people died. Right now, there's a, a forest fire raging. Like, it's crazy, man. And coronavirus with all this. Nova Scotia is, I grew up and lived here, like, all my life. And this is the craziest past 
month or so I can remember in its history. Like it's just one thing after the other, man. Wow. This is going to be a movie. I guarantee give it like two more months that, that, cause that story sounds like a movie. The documentary is going to be crazy because there's all this uh, history with this guy too. You know, people are coming out now and saying 10 years ago, he threatened me with this and that. And mm. he had a friend who was part of the RCMP. That's our police here. Um, there's just all these little connections with the police and stuff. So the police is under a lot of fire for not handling it properly. And they didn't send an emergency alert out. And that's what, that's one law that changed now. Like if something like that happens, emergency alert goes out to everyone's phone because they showed up on the scene at 10 or 11 that night with all those bodies. How the hell do you not put out an alert to everybody? Right. They just were shocked, right? Like this is so new to us in Nova Scotia, like shit like this never happens. So not defending them, but I think that's what happened is they are just shocked. Um, and then they sent the alert out in the morning at like nine o'clock. And then he was dead half an hour later. He pulled in to get gas somewhere and it just so happened. The cops were there. And they killed and they, him? They recognized him and they killed him. But, you know, five more minutes, he could have been gone. And he had propane tanks and bombs and gun. Like, he was loaded. He was ready to do more. Wow. And he killed a, he killed a cop. On, on the way to the gas station, a cop saw his cop car. And she's like, do I have permission to ram this guy off the road or what? So she did. And there, someone was filming a video on the highway. You can find the video. And the two cars crash. He pulls her out, takes her gun, kills her. Kept going. It. I'm telling you. What? That's a fucking movie, bro. L- look yeah, it up on. Uh, even if you go on Wikipedia, if you look up Portapick, I mean that's kind of weird to spell. Nova Scotia shooting. I mean it's the only one we have really. That's going to pop up. But I'm telling you, the story is like unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. You never think it's going to happen, uh, especially when you live here. But they have restricted uh, certain style uh, assault rifles and guns. They did that like right away. They're like, yeah, the hell with that shit. Yeah, that'll never happen here. So, yeah. I'm glad well, they as, did. Sorry, what? I said not as well. You said, Mike, it, that'll never happen here. I said certain states because, like, New York and LA, you can't really carry like that. But like in the South, like Texas, Georgia, yeah. No, not carry. I'm talking about purchase. Period. Oh, yeah, purchase, they period. outlawed it. Like that. Mm-hmm. That that's what I'm yeah. saying. Never happen here. You got to go through a lot to get a gun here. Like you got to do all kinds of tests and everything for a long time before you can even get one. But I heard in the States, you could like go to a, a gun dealer or like gun shows and not even have to get tested or anything. Check out your ID and all that. You can just buy a gun. Basically. I can go to a pawn shop down the road. Cause I, I've been meaning to do that. I haven't done it yet, but I've been meaning to, you can go to the pawn shop down the road and just buy a gun. Yeah. That's see, that's as just as a Canadian, again, I'm not waving my finger, but just, it's so different. Like, I, I couldn't imagine. We have our sporting stores, I think, where you can buy, like, hunting rifles and shit like that. But we don't have some of the guns I've seen for sale down there. Yeah. Like, all they do is just run a background to make sure you don't have a felony. That's it. Right. And that's it. And but I don't have, have a felony, but I'm as fucked up as a person as anybody else. So I could easily go get me a gun and just start blasting whoever I want to. And you have people right. who slip through the cracks, too, right? You have that people too. who have all kinds of domestic abuse charges and shit like that. But for some reason, they're still allowed to uh, get these weapons. It's just, I don't know, man. America's awesome shit, man. I just got back from vacation. I'll tell you, I had told my boss, I said, man, I need a vacation. There's too much shit going on here. I needed a week off after all that, especially that shooting. Like that was, that happened. I had a cottage down there when that shooting happened. And one of my friends I grew up with was in his cottage with his girlfriend on the floor with bullets coming through his window. Like, God. 
because we're a small community, we're a pretty small area, especially that area in particular. It's very rural. Everybody knows someone who was affected by this, basically. So stressful, man. Stuff like that happens when it hits at home and you know people who are killed that way and stuff like that. You just never think you have to deal with it, man. Not to get all gloomy up in here, but I'm, oh, I'm just oh, saying, like, oh. no, it's just wild because if it was someone that lived in the states that told that story, I'd be like, "Yep, sounds about yeah. right." I just didn't I think know, Canada, right? Canada has those kind of issues. Like, I thought all y'all have was like angry mooses and shit. Yeah, we we only had. I think there was one other mass shooting, and it was in Montreal, and it was a guy who was mad at women or some corny shit like that. I mean, it always is, mm-hmm. uh, and that was like in the '80s. That was in Montreal, but here in Nova Scotia, this is the first thing Jesus. that we had. Uh, what you got, Alani? I didn't really have a good topic. I just saw this because people kept tagging me in it on Twitter, this whole uh, Lana Del Rey thing. I don't know if any of y'all saw this. Yeah, who, I saw Who was that? B, you don't know Lana Del Rey? She's a singer. I mean, what's she seen? I mean, I don't, the name what? the name. The name is not strike. The name is not not is not is not clicking. I oh, mean, shit. She, she got like a popular song out or something. Not probably not one that you would hear. Oh, that's probably why. No, no, I, I would not. I would expect you to know the name, but I wouldn't expect you to know any of her song. Yeah, no. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm trying to find the post now. I'm I'm unprepared. Basically, she. What say? Go ahead, Rod. No, I just saw it trending, but I didn't click on it. Oh, okay. Um, you stepped into it. She did. And I don't think she meant to, but she definitely stepped into it. Where is it? Okay. So, uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's fucking long. I'll read a little bit of it. So, it starts off, and this is an Instagram post. And it starts off with, question for the culture. Strike one. She says, um, now that Doja Cat, Ariana, Camilla, Cardi B, Kalani, and Nicki Minaj, and Beyonce have had number ones with songs about being sexy, wearing no clothes, fucking, cheating, etc. Can I please go back to singing about being embodied, feeling beautiful by being in love, even if the relationship is not perfect, or dancing for money, or whatever I want without being crucified, or saying that I'm glamorizing abuse? Um, I'm not, that's, that's really the part I think that most people were upset about. Like I said, the post is very long, so if anybody wants to go read the whole thing, it's still up on her Instagram People have now started calling her racist. People are calling her Lana Del racist, which is funny as shit to me. Um, and then the reason that they're saying that she is making racist comments is because the majority of the people that she mentioned um, are black women. Was there a and white why, woman in there? Say again? Was there a white woman in that? Doja Cat. That, and that's what made me look up Doja Cat because I was oh, like, okay. she's white, I thought. But no, she's black. The only semi-white person is Ariana Grande, who's not white, but she could be quote-unquote white yeah. passing. Um, I'm not even sure what ethnicity she is. I think she's some sort of Spanish, I would assume. I thought she was Italian or something. Oh, is Gr- I don't. Um, this could be racist. Know. Is Grande not her last name? Grande? Is that her real last name? Is that her real last I'm not sure. We have to look up. I'll look it up. You keep going. I'll figure it out. We'll get to the bottom of this. <laughs> Streets want to know. The streets definitely want to know if Grande <laughs> is her last name. Um, anyways, yeah. So when I first read through this, I was just like, it sounds dumb, but I'm not tripping over it because I just don't really care that much. But it seemed like it has blown up 
huge and a lot of people are freaking out about it. Um, so how, how, how do y'all read that comment? Do y'all take that as a racist situation? Are y'all upset because she didn't actually? Because I mean, my, my thing is when I read it, the first thing I thought is you could have made that point and just didn't say anybody's name and you'd have been fine. But putting all of these people's names into the story is kind of what fucked her up. Because she didn't say Lady Gaga. Uh, I don't know any other white. Who's really Katy Perry? Yeah. She yeah. only named Taylor Swift. She didn't say Taylor Swift. She didn't say Taylor Swift. Well, Taylor Swift don't talk about fucking. Does she? That'd be weird. Ew. Oh. Ugh. Does she? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, real weird. <laughs> Mike, you look so disgusting. I'm just trying to think about how that would sound. I know. I'm like, putting this back booty on you. Ew, that baloney meat. <laughs> that long back. That, that long, long back, back with a hole in the middle. <laughs> Pancakes, just like Mama used to make. Wasn't that, wasn't that the Chappelle's line? Just with these big monstrous butts. I just like the flat butt with the oh, like the pancakes. Like, like the pancakes. Pancakes. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I'm not with that. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, did did y'all get offended by by that? Well, I, I'll tell you from um, Nay, from a woman's perspective, Nay, Nay was uh, Nay brought it up to me. She had told me about it. She she says the same sentiments as you. It's like she didn't have to name people mm-hmm. or whatever, and that's really yeah. And that's I kind of kind of agree with that because I was wondering like this because she could have easily like named like a Rihanna. I was wondering why she didn't name like a Rihanna or somebody like that. Her black woman quota was up. She didn't need to name Rihanna. I guess so. Yeah. What? Because I can't remember exactly what. All right, here she comes. But Rihanna's been out of music for so long, though. Oh, she's back. Hi. Oh, she's back. <laughs> so, basically, I was telling Roderick that it was really unnecessary for her to bring up the Beyonces, the Nicki Minaj's, the, the people that she brought up. They were very um, non-confrontational names that she brought up. Nobody that she mentioned is going to say shit to her. And by bringing them up, it makes people automatically compare what she was complaining about to the tri- to the trials that those artists would have, which are not, mm-hmm. not comparable. So it was really stupid for her to open that, that little op-ed or whatever letter it was that she had up with those names. It was like, for what? For why? And why are you crying about, like, I, don't, I didn't understand. It was just so, it was stupid. Stu- like, where did this come from? Where, where did this come from? That's what I'm saying. It was a stu- like, she makes depressing, whiny music. And so people get mad because you make depressing, whiny music. Like, I want to know who got mad. Who got mad? Who confronted you and said that you cannot do this until well, the black she, she's had She's had reviews where people say that she's glamorizing domestic abuse. Um, uh-huh. because, because she has songs where, I can't remember the exact lyric, where it's something along the lines of, uh, he gave me a kiss. No, he, 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 he punched me and it felt like a kiss. Something like that. What? Um, she said that in a song? Oh, she says yeah. weird shit like that in a lot of her music. I don't know any of her music. I, I can picture her in my head and people say she makes like 50s gas station music, I think was the term. <laughs> That's like oh. her, almost like her aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very old school Americana Mm-hmm. It's a word I think I've seen people use. I'll admit, I do like her music. I do. I, I, I always thought she was down. Because she, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's really stupid. Yeah, because she hangs out with ASAP Rocky. She's always talking about rappers and shit. So I, and she's, she's made comments before that sounded like she was actually in tune with the culture. But she wasn't trying to be a vulture about it. Right. So I always thought that was cool. She makes very airy kind of... I don't know. I don't know what you would kind of call it, but a dream pop kind of music. 
But I, I, I thought this, this comment was very strange. And I agree 100% with what Nate said. I don't get why she chose to throw those names in there. However, what I'm asking is, do you, would you read something like that and immediately associate it with racism? No, I, I don't think she intended to be racist in that at all. I just think she made a really bad choice of popular artists to pick. I don't. I didn't get the feeling that my plight is the same as the black woman's plight or, mm-hmm. or a woman of color plight at all. I just thought I'm mad because people are are making fun of my music, and now we have all these feminists in the top 100. Can we have a different voice? Okay. That's what I got. But thanks. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> she picked some rabid fan bases, too, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because she she's getting destroyed now. Because mm-hmm. that is the one thing I do disagree with Nay about. Um, that's the one thing is that she picked people that she knew wouldn't say anything. I think Cardi B would say some shit. And Cardi I think Nicki Minaj would say some shit. The rest of these people, they're going to let it go. I could definitely see Nicki Minaj making a post and being like, bitch, who you talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. Her and Cardi? Oh, man. Oh, snap. They might actually come together and be friends just so they can attack Lana. Yeah, that's what I disagree with Nia about, too. I think she did pick some people that actually would pop off. Cause that, and that's why I brought up Rihanna, because I, I she was saying that Rihanna would pop off quickly, and she, and she failed to mention her name. I think, honestly, I think Nicki Minaj, I mean, Nicki Minaj, I think Lana Del Rey, because she did make a follow-up, and she said she was picking some of her favorite singers. Mm. And maybe I'm stupid, maybe I'm gullible, but part of me kind of believes that she really was just picking the people that she knows and maybe the people that she listens to the most. Mm. And then afterwards, after it blew up, she's like, oh, shit, I really fucked up. But the whole question for the culture part is what throws me off. Like, what culture are you asking? Because <laughs> the there is ASAP no... Rocky invited her to? Do what? The culture that ASAP Rocky invited her to be a part of? ASAP Rocky was only on one track or maybe two tracks. But I don't think she's ever been associated with Black culture. She's... I don't think Black folks, besides me, of course, I don't think Black folks listen to her. They do. A, on, a, on, a, on a large scale? I don't know. I, I, I listen I to her I don't music. Know how large that scale is, but Mike, it's bigger than you think because I remember seeing a tweet saying, "Oh my gosh, I didn't know who Lana Del Rey was, and she keeps popping up on my timeline. I didn't know a lot of black people fuck with her music like this." So I think it's kind of split. Ah, uh, I don't think so. It's I don't, think, it, I don't think it's sing. split. I think there might be some black folks that fuck with her like that, but I mean, I I saw her live. I ain't seen no black people in there except for the people that worked at the fucking venue. No, but well, I don't know where she's performing. I'm not going to her shows or anything, but I definitely listen to her music on Spotify. Yeah, same. Like, I'm not going to any shows, but I definitely like her music. Yeah, she has a good sound. I, yeah, I, I like the sound um, that she so does. What culture but... do you think she's talking about then, Ken? I think she was just trying to be too cool for school. I think she was just trying. To, that that was it. I, she got I, too I, comfortable, man. It's it's Biden all over again. I think she was just. I think she was just being honest and sincere. I, I believe her too, Mike, when she said, "I picked my favorite singers." I think she was just making a post. I don't really think there's no underlying agenda that she had. It's just that this climate we in, people see a group of black people. Uh, in this one post and they just, you know, immediately got offended yeah. because they think that she was saying something else or taking a jab at them. 
And I really don't think that that was the case. She doesn't come across as that type of person to me. No, me me either. And again, we could be being very gullible, but she's never struck me as that type either. And I'm not I'm not coming out here saying, oh, she's definitely not racist because she hangs out with ASAP Rocky and she did a track with Kendrick. No, no, you could definitely still hate black people and still benefit off of black art. I've just never seen her say anything or do anything that would lead me to think that she is actively racist enough to to call these names out because who is is Kalani that's probably a black person right I don't know who that is yeah she yeah. is so, and Camilla is Camilla a black person no who is Camilla Sophie Cam- Cam- what is her last is that Cabello Camilla Cabello? Cabello is she Cuban she's a Cuban singer she's okay. Cuban but she's white Cuban and also negotiably racist people really yeah, yeah, she's got a history of some she stuff. Called I remember. Normani a nigger in she called who a nigger? Normani. She's there was a group by the name of uh, Jesus. What are they called? Five, five Fifth Harmony. Yes. Oh yeah, I remember now. Anyways, yeah. after they, you know, whatever. I guess Normani was like the only black chick in the group, and arguably the most, the one with the most talent. Anyway, she always got blackballed and like left out of like. <laughs> Um, like like meet and greet signings and stuff like people would like flock to the other one and then just get to her side of the table and be like ew I don't want your autograph anyways, anyways um so I guess yeah Camelia Camelia whatever um called her a nigger at one point and then had this whole like apology tour like I don't really feel like that I'm sorry da 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 so ever since oh. then, I they mean, always don't feel like that when they get caught isn't it funny right how that- right, right. Hmm. But she, she did make a follow-up part, um, which I'm glad Sophie's back, because I think she's probably the only one that can really attest to this part, was she was she was basically calling out the double standard concerning feminism. And that's where I kind of just tapped out, because I was like, all right, this sounds real dumb. But yeah. she was basically implying that these other artists talking about sexuality and this type of thing, that sort of uh, aesthetic... Mm-hmm goes better with feminism to whereas her type of aesthetic, which is the frail, I'm really dainty type of person, doesn't work with feminism. She's basically saying that there's not a place within feminism for people like her. Which I thought was bizarre because isn't the majority of feminism for fucking white women? So I thought it was really a bizarre comment, but I wanted to ask Sophie what her thoughts were because, I mean, my my comments don't really matter when it comes to something like that. Um, I feel like what she said was out of place and out of line. And it's so funny because I don't want to hate Lana. And I don't think that this makes me hate her. It's just, again, that insufferable trope of like, oh my God, woe is me. All of these booty shaking Black women are getting praised. And that's so crazy to see. Nobody can hear me over the sound of them twerking. Listen to me, guys. Look at me. I'm singing. I'm just, and again, it pisses me off even more because I don't know where this came from. If there was some type of like press conference or some type of interview question that led up to this, that would make more sense. But her just waking up randomly in quarantine and being like, you know what pisses me off? All the niggers on the chart. Let me <laughs> like, that just makes no sense. Like, I guess a lot of us are like, where did this come from? So she didn't even really in her after statements, like follow up and like, help guide us she was still like well anyways this is what i meant 
Well, and she did a little bit, Sophie. She she said that that her her bringing this up was in reference to her book oh. that's coming out yeah, next knows. March, but she didn't mention the book in the original post. So, like you, I had no idea where this was coming from. It just sounded kind of random out of left field. Maybe that's what the scheme was right there. She got a book coming up, so she said, mm-hmm. "Let's get this controversial attention right here." I guess. I mean. <laughs> I'm not buying it, but I just also wouldn't read something that Lana Del Rey wrote. Like, it's no shade. I really, really do like her music, but I feel like her writing something would just be like, I'm asleep within the first paragraph. But, you know, that's her business. I just feel like the entire thing just seemed very much like... A fufala? (laughs) It just seemed like white tears and (laughs) it's out of touch again because it would be one thing if all of those Black women you named had no type of fight or struggle to like put out the type of music that they had but they really get backlash all the time like my god Lana Del Rey could never put on a homecoming like Beyonce did and first of all be out of breath within anything less than two minutes but it's just like for her all of these black women to do these things and in music um and to have all of these I guess record-breaking things and whatever awards or whatever they still get snubbed they still get critiqued mm-hmm. um my god even j-lo and shakira were slammed mm-hmm. at the freaking um super bowl for being too provocative too provocative and you're promoting strippers and sex workers for the children and for the children and oh my gosh you're supposed to be a role model how come you're not raising my kid like shut up they literally go through this stuff all the time. So it was just out of touch for her to complain in a way that was completely false. Agree. Like Sophie, I don't want to hate Lana. I've really enjoyed what Lana does because I like a lot of dream pop and I think what she does is really interesting. It is whiny. Wait, Mike, what did you call that? Dream pop? She sounds like dream pop to me. I mean... Oh, is that like a genre of music? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, um... There, there are other bands that do her sound. I just don't think that they have her specific um, airiness and voice and all of that. Yeah, because she's not a great singer. She's not like a strong singer. She she's just, not. She whispers she... in a sexy kind of way. Yeah. yeah. But it works with her style. If you it gave does. her something that Aretha would sing over, she'd sound like a fucking fool. It's like but... Billie Eilish. Not yes. the same type of music, but similar yes. type of I'm sad, but I'm not, but I'm nostalgic. Yeah. But I'm not the best singer vocally, but the way that my production is, it just, it works. Yeah. Hmm. All right, cool. Well, that's going to do it for topics this week. We'll be right back with Comic Commentary after this quick break. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right, we are back, and let me pull some comments here. Uh, Mr. G Nugget wrote, Yo, Modest Media had me in tears. That reveal where he was a security officer was straight comedy. 
I knew he was defending Ross for a reason. Yeah, people <laughs> really. Bro. Man, <laughs> they, that, was, that was easily one of the funniest moments ever on this show. I literally thought, I swear to God, I thought I was going to throw up from laughing. Like, the, you know where you laugh so hard in the back of your head, <laughs> your hair starts hurting? I had totally forgot that you were a security guard. And when you said, I even had the flashlight, I see you, <laughs> I almost fucking died, man. Yeah, that was a moment. People oh. really resonated with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, pink underscore orange wrote, did Mike just spoil the wire? Oh, I saw that. I just started season five and was not ready for this information. So here's the thing. <laughs> I started to take that out. I really did. What? But it's been it's 20 tw- what, how many years? Like 20 years. Oh. You had time. You had time to watch that, man. And even if you didn't have time to watch it, I'm sure you've seen it somewhere. Like, it's it's a well – I thought it was a well-known thing. So that's why I was like, all right, well. You nah. understood, though, because Naomi showed me that because she showed me that office and stuff, and then she showed me that comment about uh, The Wire. And But but he understood because somebody checking, like, bro, it's been, like, 20 years. Like, he's like, nah, yeah, I get it. I was just saying. I'm just talking or whatever. So he got it, you know. Well, I hope you're listening, man, because – um. Omar dies. Pookie gets on drugs. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, but I hope you still enjoy the show. The cycle continues. The cycle continues, which makes that show brilliant. Michael takes over the tire shop, doesn't he? <laughs> At the end, don't they allude to that? I don't remember. Yeah, I think they do. I, I believe they do from what I remember. They kind of oh. alluded to him. I mean, you don't. It's not clear as day, but they kind of alluded to him taking over there. It shows him up in there, I think. Yeah. It's been a while since I watched, but. Me too. I might need to fix that. In the boxer guy, he dies, man. Sorry to tell you. <laughs> he gone. Oh, that's one of my favorite scenes. Cuddy? Was that his name? Yeah, Cuddy. Cuddy. Yeah. Who later became Tyrese, turned into a bitch. Yup. He went out bad. Real bad. All right. Uh, I'll read Amari. I'll read this one. Um, I don't think I've seen this name or seen him comment a lot. Um, Amari underscore Prince. Um, the Takashi combo is interesting because it feels like he's not really bound by traditional hip hop rules. He came back after the whole snitch debacle and he ha- hasn't really missed a beat. John mentioned that he thinks Takashi could be a bigger star without the controversy, but I think that's what makes him so big. He probably doesn't need to be on the view or Ellen as long as he stays in the headlines. He will attract massive attention. The interesting thing about what I saw after that conversation or after that episode aired is that he missed being number one on the charts and he got mad about that. Did you guys see that? Mm-hmm. He was he was blaming Billboard for yeah. screwing up the numbers, something like that. So why well, I thought that was interesting is because he had all of this attention and everything, but yet his song didn't go to number one. So I wondered if he had a point about that because those two things don't seem to match up well for me. Because I, I would think people would, out of curiosity, go check it out and so, boost it boost it up some more. Ken, I don't really know um, much about the in and outs and of Billboard and what's counted and what's allowed to be in a package deal and what's not. But I do know that a lot of these artists, and I think we mentioned this on the show before, 
a lot of these artists seem like there is some secret contract thing that like eats away at them physically or something or another, if they don't get that number one and like Mm -hmm. keep it for a certain amount of time on the chart. And it's so sad to me, I think, because I remember when like records would just authentically because people liked them or people would spend so much time, like actually just working on the music aspect. And so the music would just be good and then people would listen to it and it would be a number one off of the strength of people just genuinely liking the song. Now people use things like TikTok and TikTok dances and like the younger generation to repeat the song, which I guess technically isn't cheating. But to me, I think a lot of younger kids just like repetition naturally anyways. So it's not because they like the song. They just like the activity that comes along with the song, which gets the artist's numbers and generates numbers. So I definitely think that there is some fraudulent activity going on with billboard numbers and the count and stuff, because I've literally seen artists like Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber almost damn near crying because they're not, their song isn't at number one. Like they're basically begging people to stream and Mm. buy packages and stuff. And it's kind of scary because the authenticity in music almost feels like it's gone at this point. And I think sometimes these labels and stuff promises like hit records. Like, mm. you know, you know, they'll say, oh yeah, you're going to, this, this is going to be number one. And so when it doesn't happen, then they'd be like, okay, I thought this was going to be number one. I thought you did all the proper, te- proper things. Like, oh, we, if we release it on this day and we do this, yeah, this should be a number one song by the end of the week. And then when that doesn't happen, it's like, oh, what happened? So they now they all in a in a tissy of nobody, you know. Right, 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 right. And I just seen that just based off of like documentaries and, and like uh these stories, these Hollywood stories and stuff. I'm like, oh they, these people are really um what's the word? Um think they're dessert like not deserved, but um entitled, entitled Enti- to, the, to the into this number one spot. They yeah, really do. I also yeah, think I think it's I think it's sold to them that way. But I also think um the reason why we're seeing a lot of artists kind of like begging for you to buy or stream or do whatever, and the reason why they make these TikToks and things like that and dances that go with their music is because there's so much competition. And and you know, back when I when I was growing up, and obviously I'm I'm the youngest out of the five, um, outside of you, Sophie, but um back when I was growing up. Like music didn't drop as frequently, so you had time to digest and and purchase this and not feel like you had to like spend you know five hundred dollars in one month just to keep up with all the music. Where now it's kind of like as soon as this drops, there's something else, there's something else, there's something else. There's there's always something vying for your attention. So these artists have to kind of stay up with all of these modes of being in your face. And TikTok is a part of that. Social media is a part of that. The videos and for them to even come and you see them say, hey, go download this, go stream that, go watch my TikTok. Go. Like that's all a part of it because we live in this microwave society where everything is quicker now. The way you digest and consume shit is just way faster. And if you don't keep up with that, guess what? You're not going to have number one. Guess what? You're, like your album's not going to do anything. And I also think, you know, a little bit to what Rai was saying with these labels, you know, these deals that they sign, the only way they're going to make money from the music is if they go number one. If that single does hit a million, that's the only way that they're going to see money and there's going to be chump change um, even so. But that's the only way that they're going to see any type of money from any type of music. 
You know what I'm saying? So I I get it. I understand it. I I, I feel like you, Sophie, where it's kind of, it's messed up. Like, cause it's it's like where is the authenticity? It's like you're begging and asking me to do all of this extraness when the music should just speak for itself. But nowadays, it just it, it's hard for the music to speak for itself. I agree with you completely, man. I feel like that's why music is suffering a bit, just in my opinion. You know, I know you guys review a lot of stuff. I check for everything, but I don't review near as much music as I used to because I find a lot of people are doing the exact same thing, the same sounds, the same topics, the TikTok dances, stuff like that. And sometimes there's only so much that can be said about a certain project. And that's not me projecting what people should like or what they shouldn't like or anything like that. Um, but as someone who prefers a bit more substance in my hip hop, generally speaking, a lot of the stuff that comes out, man, it's in one ear, out the other. I'm like, I don't need to hear the song ever again. Like, there's nothing to it. But it is made for that younger generation. Like you said, it's the kids making the TikToks and doing things like that. How old did that make me sound? Like the kids making the TikToks. <laughs> doing the face space and my book, using those TikToks. But, uh, but yeah, that's just my take on it. But I, I see what you're saying for sure. Um, while we were talking just now, um, someone on Instagram, uh, Lesk Desk, L-E-S-K-D-E-S-K, tagged me in this drawing he made of me. I don't know if y'all can see this. Oh, oh, but it's fucking amazing. It's me and Zoe. So I'm giving this motherfucker a plug because this is really some incredible work. So make sure y'all go check his Instagram. What is it on? What is it on? It's on Instagram. L-E-S-K-D-E-S-K is his name on Instagram. I'm, I was, I saw this while y'all were talking and I was like, I can't believe how good this is. One more time. L-E-S-K what? D-E-S-K. Dope. All right. So let's jump into our past the mic segment where we answer questions from you guys. You can send those to us uh, via email or voicemail. The email address is is the mic at gmail.com and the Phone number is 470-440-0811. I'm saying that slow because this voicemail that I'm about to play complained and said that I was reading it too fast. So here we go. Again, 470-440-0811. All right, let me turn this up. All right, Ken, I'm going to start off by saying you got to stop rapping the phone number, bro. I damn near missed the phone number four times. Second, I want y'all to talk about, um, like y'all show for sure, this for a little while. I want y'all to talk about why people say they can't support black business because of a bad experience instead of specifically mentioning their business. I've never heard anyone say, um, I'm not going to support white business. Um, because I went to McDonald's and had a bad experience. I went to Verizon and had a bad experience, so I will not be supporting white business or anything of that sort, whether that's Hispanic or uh, Italian, whatever it may be. It's just not a thing. So if y'all could discuss that, I'd appreciate it. Y'all be smooth. All right. I have no idea what he's talking about. I I don't hear black people say, I'm not going to support black owned businesses because I had this bad experience at this black owned business. I've never in my years on the earth ever heard anyone ever say that. 
Okay. Have I heard people say, I'm not going to support Verizon because they fucked up a bill or AT&T because they fucked up a bill? Absolutely. But what's the point of saying, I'm not going to support white owned businesses because of Verizon and eight. I don't, I don't really understand his point. Yeah. People do that. So that is a, a, a thing that is said. Um, and people like, yeah, man, people are like, man, see, this is why I don't support black owned businesses because the customer service is bad or, you yeah. know, they don't, you know, the service is wow. poor. Like, yeah, it's, it's a thing. Yeah, that, that is a I've, thing. I've never, this, black people are saying this? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if you go to like just, you know, a, a black owned beauty salon or something, <laughs> if, the, if the customer service is terrible, I, I've heard women be like, oh, I'm, this is why I don't, I don't yep. go to black owned businesses and such and such. Wow. I've heard that. Like, I've never heard I'm that. Women. So sorry. What'd you say, Sophie? I said, I'm women. So sorry. I mean, I, to be honest, I'm not sorry about it because at the end of the day, I hear this conversation a lot and I see what people are trying to get at. I think people, you know, it's up to you um, wherever you decide to spend your money as a consumer, um, where you decide to draw the line. If some, if customer service is important to you and you don't feel like your business is welcome shopping with a certain person, I don't think you should feel obligated to support their business just because they're black. Now, at the same time, if you want to give, you know, extend some grace because you see somebody starting out, that's on you too. But are you wrong if you just turn the other way? No, because that's your first, you know, impression of the business and that's a lasting impression. So I know for me, typically when I start black business, it's not necessarily for like, um, like products. It's typically for services, like getting my hair done or something like that. Um, And if I have a bad experience, I'm just not going to go back. I'm not the type of person to like, I guess, air you out or expose you unless, you know, you, you violate or something. But I mean, typically it's just, they were unprepared or they have a million and one rules and they tell you, oh, it's going to be $30 if you're 15 minutes late. And after that, then you got to reschedule or something like that. But then they will walk in on the phone and talk for 20 minutes before servicing you or something like that. So in a situation like that, for you to tell me, oh, you should have given them more grace because they're black. Okay, well, you can kill yourself because my time is valuable. So, oh, well. But I, I, I would most likely treat any business like that, though. So, hmm. I mean, I get what people are saying, but I don't really think it's an argument that's good to have on, you know, as far as it being black and white. Because, yeah, there's going to be gray areas for some people that you extend grace to and some people you don't. Yeah, Sophie, I, I agree with you. Like, to me, it doesn't matter if you're black or white. It matters, like, is the service worth my money? And, it, it, okay. and you know, and sometimes, it, like, if you're black um, and, and you, did, you did super wrong by me, yeah, I will air you out just like I would a white business. You know, now, I'm not going to front. Like, I'll look, um, depending on what it is, I'll look for a black business, you know what I'm saying, to support it. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, like if your pricing is off or the quality isn't there, then I, I, I'll, go to, I'll go to your competitor. I don't have an issue with that. So yeah. I don't look at businesses being either white or black. I just look at business as being how can you earn my business and me being a loyal customer? So like there is one black business that me and my wife support. Um, it's called Jay's Detailing. He comes out and clean cars and, and he's been doing it for a while now. He's somebody that I typically go to, but at the same time, he's booked so much. He's a one, he's typically a one man business, but sometimes he's booked so much. I got to go to the competitor. If I want my car clean, I ain't trying to do it myself. Then I'll just go to the competitor, but it doesn't mean that I'm stopped. I'm, I'm not supporting him as well. 
You know what I'm saying? But I have had bad experiences in black owned businesses and I don't want to generalize them. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think that is a, a conversation that people always have, whereas, oh, black businesses are always this, that, or they don't have customer service. Wow. And it's just like, I don't generalize that. Like I've had that experience, but and I also had great, I had great experience with black, exactly. black businesses too. Amazing experiences. Yeah. You know so, what I'm saying? Well, it is what it is. Am I the only one that's never heard that? Yeah. Luke, have you heard that before? I've seen it very rarely on Twitter. And like Sophie said, it usually is about uh, women getting their hair done and the strict measures. Like you have to wash your hair and make sure it's like this and that. And I've seen those type of complaints. But as you can see, my hairline is long gone. So I can't say too much about hair. <laughs> There's a lot of like black, black owned um, vegan places in Atlanta that have popped up all over the place. A lot of the newer places are black owned. Um, I've had some good experiences. I've had some absolutely trash experiences, but I've never thought to say, well, it's trash because they're black. I've never heard that before. That's yeah, me, me, me too, Mike. I mean, I've had experiences like that too, where I've had a bad, you know, black business experience. And I was never, I was never compelled to be like, oh, well, I'm done with black businesses. I just be like, well, I guess that's just the effed up time, you know, cause I've had good experiences with black companies as well. So I'm not going to just generalize them and be like, oh yeah, well you black. So I already know what you about. Like, I'm not just going to wow. throw it out there like that, but people I didn't know that, that was happening. I did not yeah. know that was happening. That's great. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately I do see it, Mike. I do see people saying, oh yeah, you know, here you go is with this. But I think a lot of that falls on, you know, lack of resources. You know what I'm saying? Like you just, and I think FIFA mentioned this, like, you know, he doesn't, like, that one guy he goes, he just have, doesn't have the capacity when he gets up to a certain number of clients to provide that service. And that's just unfortunate. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mean that, you know, it's bad service. It's just like, bro, I just can't, I can't handle that. I can't give you the aerial whatever, whatever, you know, because I, I don't have that particular um, drone or whatever so you know it's just it's, it's not that i have bad customer service it's just that he may i may lack resources you know I'm, i may not be able to take on 10 weddings in, in two months you know it doesn't mean that i have bad customer service it's just that you know it is what it is like if we're going to do that i'm gonna need a deposit you know like i've been messed over as a small business owner i've been messed over several times so now i require a deposit before i do your job so it's just certain preventative measures that you take in place by being a business owner like when you're working with somebody like McDonald's or, or these larger franchises, they can they can stand to get messed over a couple times. But as a small yeah. business person, that can make you go bankrupt. Yo, know, that can just put you out of business. Any little small mishap or step up, you know, can put you out of business. So yeah, man, it's just a little unfortunate. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, we have this this outlook on black businesses sometimes. And I think another thing too is you know, black people have a tendency of like kind of hating, you know what I'm saying? When you, when you, when you, when you like made a certain level of success and it, and it's not even come from in the malicious places. It's like, because I'm, because they're not doing it. It's a little bit of hate there. You know what I'm saying? You know what, right? There, there, there's a saying or something I saw somebody post and I, and I so agreed with it. It says sometimes you got to upgrade your circle. So it doesn't sound like you're bragging. And another thing too, like that, that you mentioned, you know, like sometimes, you know, um, our detailer, he is at capacity and he's tried to expand where he sent us like, you know, one or two people that he's hired and the quality isn't there. 
right. and had to let those people go because you know right. us being real like we let them know honest feedback hey bro like this guy look at what he missed he left so pure you know what I'm saying it's not it's not up to the standard that you set for it so therefore, like, you know, if, if you, and, and I think that's another hard thing too, is finding people that can produce the same amount of quality, obviously at a reduced cost, because you're not the, you're not the business owner. I'm not going to give you the biggest piece of the pie, but I need you to have, do your job as good as I do the job. And I think that that's a very, very difficult balance to find. And I think at any business, regardless if it's black or white, but I think that's a difficult balance. Yeah. Now, yeah I wanted to get yeah, back yeah, I was just gonna say real quick. Yeah, no, go ahead. I was just saying, don't get me wrong. Now, I'm, there are some people out there that are just horrible at customer service. Just, just don't know how to talk to people. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's a, that's a major part that people miss about being a business owner. You got to know how to speak to people. You got to know how to interact with people. You got to kind of be a people person. You know what I'm saying? A pleaser. You know what I'm saying? Just know how to talk with people, talk to folks. So, you know, I, I do think that's an art form in itself. Just being able to, you know, clearly communicate something, you know. Yeah, Rod, and this is Rochelle again, and I just wanted to just kind of give a shameless plug that my consultant agency, the RF Agency LLC, we kind of uh, work with companies and businesses who do struggle in that area. So we're a boutique company that focuses on maximizing uh, businesses' consumer experience in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I came from a corporate world where customer service was, you know, first in class. So from that, I just took my experience and kind of molded it into the need to kind of focus on these types of businesses. And so if we can kind of shirk that whole, uh, I guess, stereotype that Black businesses have. Right. No, definitely. Um, so I wanted to get back to his question. I'm, I, I'm kind of thinking we haven't answered it. Um, so he was asking, why do we say, you know, we don't fuck with black businesses, but nobody says we don't fuck with white businesses. And hearing you guys speak, this is eye opening. Cause I, like I said, I've never heard this before, but to answer his question, I think it's fairly simple. Most businesses that you encounter on a day to day are white businesses. Yep. So if the larger number are white businesses, it's very difficult for you to say, I'm not going to support white businesses because then your power is going to get cut off. Your water is going to get cut off. Your gas is going to get cut off because those are usually white businesses. White businesses are usually the ones who supply uh, cell phones. Things that we use on a day-to-day are usually white businesses. So I think it's extremely gross and disrespectful and foolish, for, especially for Black people to say, I will not support Black businesses because – even if it was 50% of them have been bad, I think that's really fucked up to say, but you can't really say that I am going to flat out refuse to support a white business because it's just impossible in the United States. Yeah. And I, um, you know, I do think that there is a high tolerance for white owned business, so to speak, mainly because a, a lot of it is that, they own a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, options for black owned businesses are limited. So it's hard to go find an alternative. And because of this negative stereotype that is prevalent within certain parts of the black community, um, you know, we, we, that mindset is being passed on to, to one another. And I think 
is one of the things that I would like to focus on trying to change is to kind of take back that narrative so that we can be more positive about it and really stop. Like we need to say, yeah, this is a black owned business supported, but if there is a negative experience, you don't always have to frame it as, Oh man, you know, I went to this place and it was black on and I had a bad experience. Right. Just say I went to this bad, this, this business and they treated me like shit and I didn't like it. And then what I heard some of you guys say, you guys, Find an alternate black business to go to, uh, especially in the in the service community when it comes to hairstyles and stuff like that. Um, so that's it. I think we just we we gotta we gotta much like the black on black crime. This is another thing that we gotta kind of take back and try to, you know, be more positive in in how these things are discussed. Because for me, the way I look at this is that this is the next step. We have to acquire economic power. And to do that, we have to own more businesses. In order to stay in business, these businesses have to be supported by not only the black community, but the white community as well. And that is done by quality service. So if a company is giving poor service, you don't have to worry about them because they're going to be out of business anyway. And, you know, kind of going to what FIFO was saying about the detailer, you know, in order for him to expand, he needs revenue coming in. So maybe coming back at another time so he can get the business to build up his capital so he can eventually hire more people or expand. So finding, you know, as, as, as finding a way to support that place. I love what FIFO said about the feedback. Like, instead of marching and stomping off and be like, man, this is fucked up. This is why I don't fuck with black businesses. I love that FIFO was like, yo, we gave him feedback on the service that we had so he can go make the changes that he need. So he won't lose customers and possibly also have another black person talking negatively about her contributing to the stereotype. So, um, yeah, just help them out. Just tell them like, you know, where they got, I mean, don't know. I ain't never coming here again. This is why I don't support black businesses, man. Yeah. Just like, yo, you could have did this better. You know what I'm saying? Or you may need to, See, see about doing this differently. They're, like, some of these people are real, literally learning how to run a business on the job. And that also taps back into what Rob was saying is that the resources, you know, of how to do these certain things are not there. So, you know, if, if, if we can't work together to try to improve it, then, you know, it's, it's going to stop where, it, where it is. And that, that thing is going to die off. But, um, and, and again, if they don't want to make those decisions, you don't have to worry about them because they're going to be out of business anyway. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, the problem will take care of itself. But, yeah, I, we, we, we got to get away from, from owning that and trying to change it. I love that Mike hasn't heard it. But the fact that the rest of us, you know, are, know about it means that it is a problem that still persists. And we got we to gotta change it because we need that economic power. And that is the next step in, in order for us to advance even further as a community, especially here in the U.S. Yeah. So that's all I got. Well, they can't brought it home. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, man, Luke, appreciate you coming on, man. Your commentary was great, man. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and I'm sure, you know, speaking for our community, I think they're going to enjoy it as well. So uh, you're more than welcome to come back, man. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It was long overdue. I know 
my schedule can get pretty hectic sometimes, but this was a lot of fun and hopefully we can do it again. Yeah. We'll get you on a review next time. Cool. I'd like that. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. We'll catch you guys next time. We out. Peace. Bye. Bye.